to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm Roma Press Editor John Solano. I hope you are doing well. Um, this episode, obviously, coming out a bit later than I had hoped, just like the last one. Um, but going to get right into it with Andy as we discussed um, the, the result of the weekend uh, between Roma and Inter. Um, but before bringing him on, just a couple of things. Obviously, our two sponsors, Euro Fantasy League. If you go to EuroFantasyLeague.com, you can find a variety of fantasy football games, including games from Serie A, the Premier League, La Liga, Ligun. And you can also find a variety of original articles at EuroFantasyLeague.com. Also, I have to mention our newest betting partner, romapress.co.uk again romapress.co.uk where you can find the best football betting tips with over 90% accuracy you get access to six European leagues for the price of a coffee per week again romapress.co.uk also have to mention our wonderful patrons at Patreon if you would like to become a patron support the podcast you get early access to the podcast episodes you also get um, extra episodes of the podcast, you can do so by going to the support page at the top of Roma Press. Um, and you can also go to um, patreon.com slash Roma Press. And just a very, very quick note before I bring Andy on. Um, r- an article or rumors emerged today about Roma offering Antonio Conte a three-year's contract worth nine and a half million euros net per season that came from the website calciomercato.com um, I tweeted it out I didn't make an article about it on the website but I, I spoke with someone at Roma about that um, and they were pretty swift in denying that they have made any sort of official offer to Conte for the managerial role obviously the club is interested I think Conte would be interested um, obviously a lot depends on whether or not Roma finish in the Champions League place but Um, There is definitely mutual interest from both parties, but Roma have not offered Conte an official contract yet, but they are interested. So it remains to be seen, and we will see uh, what ultimately happens with that situation, but uh, no official offer from Roma to Conte. So um, let me bring Andy on now as we discuss the results at the weekend against Inter. All right, Andy, so... Inter-Roma, it was a, a bit of a mixed bag. Um, we had a lot of good, we had a lot of bad. Decent result, though, in my opinion. What were your thoughts? Same. I think uh, this was... Hmm. It, it, I think it was a fair draw. Um, that's how I feel about it. And I also don't think that it was such a bad performance as most newspapers or fans make it out to be. I thought... It was a, a solid Roma that um, in the latter half fell off due to just their physical condition. They're just not up to playing intense offensive and defensive football for longer than 50, 60 minutes. Um, but they they were cool about it and they managed to uh, stay organized with a defense that lacked Manolas uh, and they still made Inter work for every chance they got. And at the end of the day, 
Inter didn't play brilliantly. We didn't play brilliantly. And, you know, and the result is just a, a, a reflection of that. I thought it was a completely fair result. And if you hadn't have, if you, if you didn't watch this match, if you simply looked at the statistics, you would have seen particularly the possession statistics and you probably would have thought, oh my goodness, how did Roma not lose this uh, three, four to one? There was a huge mm-hmm. disparity in the possession statistics, but maybe you disagree, but I thought Roma had the better quality of chances than Inter did. Oh, sure. And I think the first half performance from Roma was much, much better than the second half performance from Inter. Um, I thought Roma were more creative, had a better buildup and uh, just moved better in the first half when they were on uh, compared to Inter when they were on in the second half and they dominated and and um, and Roma just absorbed it uh, and they did a good job of it. And, uh, you know, Fazio and Juan Jesus uh, did a good job as a partnership in, in the middle of the defense. And the goal by Perisic was a result of a mistake, which, again, this team is known for. And, and this season was is just a compilation of mistakes. But that was it. Uh, and Roma didn't do anything to not uh, uh, deserve the draw, at least. They, yeah, I, so I agree. I, the, the absence of Manolas was, was huge, but there's a couple of individuals I, I want you and I to discuss, and mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. So Fazio had another really, really strong performance. We have to give him credit. I thought he was very, very good. Um, is this strictly because of Ranieri has brought some semblance of defensive compactness. Roma are far more organized under him. Do you think maybe we were a bit too hard on him? Um, because we, we listen, he's, he's obviously done much better these past few weeks. There's no denying that. But I think everybody could at least admit, even if Di Francesco wasn't putting him, Manolas, whoever, in the best positions to succeed, that's probably true, but nonetheless, I mean, his performances earlier this season were terrible. Certainly, I certainly think that, you know, playing the football, <laughs> il calcio, uh, the football that is professed by, by, by Di Francesco certainly did not help defenders like Fazio, who, um, you know, Di Francesco's defense is basically in the, on the midfield line, and, and uh, that's... That, that will give problems to play to defenders that are slow, uh, to defenders that are just built physically like Fazio. Uh, and we saw the results of it. I do think that there is a lot of Ranieri in this, uh, in the fact that I saw a lot of fans complaining about the way Roma played against Inter because Roma were just so deep. They just, just sat back. And I think that's the perfect setup for a guy like Fazio. Um, when Roma sits back and, 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 and they just have to absorb uh, uh, what the opponent has to give them, a guy like Fazio can do a very good job. Meanwhile, when he's, he's asked to run forward, run backwards, that, that, that's, that's, that's a problem for him. So I also think it's mainly the confidence. I think 
if you bring in a guy like Ranieri, he can be a confidence booster for certain players. And it seems like Fazio is primarily one of the players that, that kind of benefited from Ranieri. So certainly there is a lot of that. And um, and I agree. I think maybe, you know, maybe maybe the guy put his head right in these final days and, and sort of decided to truly focus on his footballing ability because we're not saying Fazio is not talented. He's not a fantastic defender or a great defender, but he's a good defender. And he, what he showed this season was just not up to his standards. So more power to him for, for being able to sort of make up for a decent portion of, of, of the, this season. So, first off, the the people who are complaining about the performance, I, I may, maybe some of them didn't experience uh, Ranieri 1.0 when, when he first arrived. But that, again, we said on the last podcast that that was a stereotypical Ranieri performance. This was another one. You suffer, you suffer, you yep. suffer, compact, suffer some more. Um and you get a good goal on the break. I mean, I, I, I can't think of any other way to describe his football. That is the way he plays. Um, yeah. yeah. So, sorry. So one one more um, one more guy who I feel like might be sort of in this same sort of conversation is someone who I know you and I haven't criticized him nearly as much, but – if you're on Twitter for more than 10 seconds, you'll, you'll clearly realize that this guy takes, I think, an unfair amount of stick. And that's Steven Nzonzi. I thought that was by mm-hmm. far his best performance, or one of his best. Yeah, yeah he's, and again, that's. it seems like that's another guy. And, uh, you know, we've seen all these latest transfer rumors, the, the, the last one being Monaco is joining the race with Marseille. And... It all comes up right now uh, uh, when the season is about to end. But I, I truly feel that he's yeah, there is another guy that benefited from uh, Ranieri. And um, we, we saw the second half performance from him against Fiorentina, which was which was again, we, we, we said it was one of his best, maybe his best one. And in uh, in the Inter game, I thought him and uh, El Sharawi were easily uh, uh, the best players uh, on the pitch. Um, I, I thought he, he also looked very confident and he was doing the things he is supposed to be asked to do, which is tackling and, and, and just getting in the opponent's face. And he did just that. And it, it, it Inter struggled to uh, move forward uh, centrally. They moved on the wings and and chances rarely occurred for them. And that's mainly because uh, a guy like Nzonzi was right in the middle there um, in front of the defense. So I I, I agree. I thought it was was a good performance for him and I think he can do more. But I think that in a system like Ranieri, and I'm not necessarily saying let Ranieri stay. I don't, I don't think so. I just, I, I think that in a system like the one that we're playing with right now in the football mind of Ranieri, he is, a, a, can be a pivotal player. Yeah, I think so too. And you mentioned his, his positioning um, far, far, far different than what we saw under Di Francesco. He was sitting right in front of the defense. Um, there's a couple of apps where you can find the average, uh, where you can look at a player's heat map per match. 
and where he was uh, located primarily throughout the entire match was perfect, I think, in my opinion. He's right in front of the defense. He was winning those aerial duels. He was recovering the ball. Um, he's not an AG star. He's not a playmaker. And I feel like a lot of the criticism that he's taken from this season is simply due to him. Yes, he's had some bad performance performances, but he was not utilized correctly. I mean, he was used as a Medzala at times. I mean, come on. That's not his role. That's not his role. And, and uh, again, we're, we're going to come off. I'm, I'm, I'm just I, – I can already see it. People saying, ah, oh, guys, stop defending Nzonzi. We, we don't defend him. I mean, we've said many times, many occasions, one of the worst players – it was Nzonzi or Nzonzi had another unconvincing game because that's the truth. Truth. Sometimes he was uh, just hard to spot on the pitch because he was just so uh, invisible, both in the offensive uh, game plan and the defensive one. And I remember him clearly playing as a Mezzala against Real Madrid. Oh, terrible. And no, yep. And, and no wonder people are going to say, well, look at him, such a slow player. Uh, look at that sloth. And, and, and because that's not him. That's not what he does. And you're just asking a, a guy uh, different things that he's not supposed to do and he cannot do. And, um, and obviously people are going to say, well, what's the difference between putting him in front of the defense and – you know, a bit more to the right or a bit more to the left. That makes the world of a difference. And especially if the coach asks him to do something, if Di Francesco was uh, was the coach to ask, personally ask Pastore if he can be a Mezzala, then I have no doubt in my mind that, mind that he thought of Nzonzi as a Mezzala at times. And that's not his position. So um, I'm happy that he shows some glimpses of, 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 of quality that we know he has. Um, and I just hope he, in the absence of De Rossi, he can be just as vital um, to us. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, you, you touched upon something just a little bit ago. Um, you, you mentioned about Ranieri. I don't know if you said he was staying or potentially could stay. Um, Earlier this, or I'm saying earlier this week, and it's already early in the week, but I believe it was <laughs> yesterday or Sunday, um, good friend Sandro Alstini on Teleradio Stadio, um, he mentioned that he wouldn't be surprised if Ranieri ended up staying if Roma were not happy with the potential alternatives yes. that would potentially be available in the summer. Now, he didn't name names, so I don't know what his criteria would be if it if it was Ranieri versus Gianpaolo, would he keep Ranieri? If it was Ranieri versus um, Gasparini, who would he keep between them? I don't know. But he did mention um, that that it's at least possible at this point that Ranieri could stay if Roma aren't happy with the possible options out there. Um, what would you think of that? Uh, I'm conflicted. I've been thinking about it. And... Um... As I said, I was very excited for him to return. I think he's the perfect fit for, for, for this short period of time where Roma really need to get going and, and build some trust and show some confidence in a very short span of time. So, But in the long run, I don't know, because some of the players that are supposed to be key or, or we think of as key, um, 
they are not performing under Ranieri, or maybe they're not performing as they used to. I'm I'm talking about uh, Zagnolo. I'm yes. talking about Pellegrini. Uh, uh, just it's it would. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if if the, what we are seeing right now, if that would still be the way Roma would be playing uh, next season, uh, if. Ranieri were to stay. I just don't know if this is the way Ranieri wants to play in the long run or just right now where you need to be effective, you need to be uh, just cohesive, just very uh, strong and and, uh, to evoke a certain reaction, an efficient reaction to, to a difficult situation. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this. Um, I certainly, if the alternative, for example, was Giampaolo, I'll take Ranieri. Uh, that's but otherwise if the uh, if the alternative is Gasperini which I which I doubt by now because like Gasperini is more likely to end up in the Champions League than we are um I'm I'm taking Gasperini and uh, and Sarri Conte I'm taking Sarri and Conte so I don't know if how much of it is true um but personally, the the way I'm feeling right now, I, I I would I would just love for Ranieri to 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 get the season done and then just move on and um and you know and just welcome someone else. So you mentioned Zaniolo. He has really really fallen off since the arrival of Ranieri. One thing that has puzzled me a bit is one of the first things Ranieri said when he was asked about Zaniolo was that he's a player who plays in the midfield and he does so centrally. And he has yet to play in that role, I think, under Ranieri. I think he's maybe played in the whole once. Um, But other than that, we've seen him on the wing the entire time. Um, And I also found it curious that Under as well came in um, and he was uh, anonymous. I mean, you wouldn't have you hardly would have known he was on the pitch. I think I think that was I just think Under right now is just not in a good place physically and mentally, you know, and, and it it was hard for him to get into such a difficult match after playing very little. Uh, but uh, to back to Zaniolo, um, I'm I think the performances that he put in uh, against Sampdoria and Udinese were fine. I think. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, if he played against Sudanese, I just don't. But anyway, in those two performances, I remember where he played on the wing. He, I think he did fine because, again, it's Ranieri in that certain occasion asked him to do different things. And I, I think uh, the, 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 his defensive work rate was great. But again, that's not something we ask of, of a player like Zaniolo. Um who is clearly much more talented uh, as a trequartista or as a box-to-box midfielder where he needs to get his shot off, uh, is aggressive, you know, gets inside the six-yard. That's his thing, not staying on the wing, wing and, 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 and uh, laying crosses in. That's not, or, you know, tracking back and basically playing as a fullback. It's not his thing. So, but again, that's, it, it seems like, He's been having a hard time sort of integrating, finding a, a spot, a starting spot alongside Pellegrini. And that that's, I think, a big problem. I think that's a big issue going forward. Where do you put them? Because Pellegrini is clearly not a, 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 um, a regista or a midfielder that, you know, drops back. He is someone who also needs to see the frame of the goal, needs to be up there in front behind the strikers. So that's a big issue for Roma. 
I think it's it's an issue worth having, you know, because both are talented, both are are young. Um, they are just they're just having a little trouble right now integrating into a system that needs to um, be efficient in the short run, where Roma really need to get results and cannot afford to experiment. Um, and in the in the long run. It's a it's a problem worth having. You have two talented youngsters um, who are are clearly key to your future. You just I think Roma right now will need to be um, decisive in the way uh, that everything depends on the coach. Who is Roma going to pick in in the near future? Who's Roma going to pick as a sporting director? Because then you finally have a clear vision. You have finally have some, uh, uh, you know, who needs to leave? Who? What is the plan? What is the project? What is the coach's plan for the future? What are the objectives? Um, what are the realistic objectives? And and it all it all comes down to you know these two players finding a way to play together. It's an interesting puzzle that they have to figure out. It's I don't know what they're going to do, um, but they have to get it resolved um, because Zaniolo, in my opinion, has been far too important this season to to continue at this rate. But sort of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hyperbole, I guess you would say. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this kid is. Uh, he's 19 years old. He's going to have up and down performances as is under. He's going to be up and down. We can't expect him to play at such a high level um, on a consistent week to week basis yet. He's still very young. Um, So just to end it here, the race for the fourth spot really, I don't even know what to make of it anymore. Somehow (laughs) Napoli decided to, pissed themselves. Atalanta beat them at the San Paolo. Um, Milan dropped points to Parma. Roma obviously drew with Inter. So what in the world are you making of this now? Do you feel less confident, more confident? Because I I, I have to say, in my opinion, I still think of all the teams with these run-ins, I do think that Roma have the easiest set of matches. Now, again, people can say, well, you're full of shit. Um, That's your your, uh, supporter side talking. But I I really do think Milan being in this Copa um, is really, if nothing else, it's going to make them expend more energy. I I partly agree. I'm I'm you know I whenever I hear people like you um, or other people on Twitter talking about you know that we have a chance because of the calendar, I I also become optimistic. Um, but right now, uh, looking at what Atalanta are doing with um, not just the way they are playing, but with whom they're playing, they the the, the way their budget, their play, the players that they play with. Uh, it's they certainly if I was to pick one of the teams out of all these teams that deserve that spot is Atalanta the most. But um, who's going to get it? I don't know. I think I think Milan have it difficult because they're playing the Coppa Italia match against Lazio. And it's going to be uh, a very difficult game, especially m- mentally with all the stuff that got out in their last uh, encounter. Um and then against Torino, 
who are desperate, and I mean desperate, to get that Europa spot. Uh, and they will fight to, to the death because um, they feel like they've been uh, uh, too many times they've been ignored by VAR, by referees. And, and so I think they're just going to come out there with uh, just very aggressive. And, and Milan are going to have a hard time. Now it's all up to us. And I just don't think I, we, we need to focus on ourselves because Cagliari is not going to be easy. And I also need to see a game from Ranieri where he can incorporate the defensive organized side with the more uh, aggressive attacking side. Um, basically a combination of, of the two halves from Inter, the organization and defensive mindset in the second half and the creativity, the, the, the organized way of moving forward in the first half. Yeah, I think so too. I, th I think they do need to have a match where they put everything together. I mean, so far we've seen terrible defensive performances mixed with good attacking and then vice versa. Um, I feel like they have yet to have a performance where they bring everything together and it all mixes well. Yes. Um, yes. I, I think that's something they desperately need. So uh, we're going to leave it there, everybody. We will be back later in the week um, ahead of the match against Coyote to, to talk more about this, uh, go a little more in depth. But uh, we'll leave it there for now. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, ciao. Ciao.